Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Huntier covering everything Wisconsin athletics. We're a day later than our usual Wednesday show, and that is because we have Big Ten Media Days that went underway on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wisconsin's portion was on Wednesday, so plenty to talk about from that. Some takeaways, a lot of coach speak from Coach Chris, um, some interesting tidbits from uh, Keanu Benton, Graham Mertz, Nick Herbig, which are the three representatives for Wisconsin down there in Indianapolis. So we'll recap the two days um, from Big Ten Media Days. Really, the first day was Kevin Warren and seven coaches spoke, but Wisconsin was mostly uh, or all on the second day, as was Ohio State and some other big schools. So um, always a fun couple days. Really feels like the start of the football season in a lot of ways. This is kind of the first time we've heard from college football coaches since you know, kind of a hibernation between spring and uh, spring football and, and starting up summer camp and, and into the fall season. So it, it finally starting to feel like we're getting close to uh, college football season after what's kind of been a long and, and brutal summer. I know there's a lot of people out of there out here that are listening and are, are really missing the football season. And this is kind of that first kickoff to the 2022 college football season. So excited to talk about that. No more hypotheticals, no more this and that. It's getting closer and closer to real live football, which is which is always fun. So we've got plenty of coverage coming to you um, to cover Big Ten Media Days. Then we'll get into more football coverage as we get closer and closer. In addition to that, we do have some new offers that went out for basketball. So we'll probably start with that, get that out of the way, talk about a new offer for football, and then we'll get into everything Media Days. We've got some roster changes, we've got some updates, and then we'll get into kind of what Coach Chris talked about. And what the three players that represented Wisconsin talked about in their time in Indianapolis. All right, let's go ahead and start with Wisconsin basketball recruiting. As I mentioned, still plenty going on for them. Um, we've got some new offers that went out. First being to 2024 four-star big man Royce Parman out of Pittsburgh North Hills High School. Um, really an interesting offer here for the Badgers. You know, As I just mentioned, a four-star that's on threes rating only, which is, of course, a new recruiting service if you're not familiar with it. But for a four-star kid, the offer list for him is 
is a little bit lesser than what I was expected. And it's not a knock on him. I think it's just the opposite. Um, it's where he's at right now. But he holds offers from Duquesne, George Mason, Penn State, Pitt, Robert Morris, Rutgers, TCU, VCO, VCU, and Xavier. And, of course, now Wisconsin throwing in an offer. And, like I said, it's not in terms of the offer list. You look at a four-star kid and you would expect some bigger schools. But when you look at the trajectory of his recruiting, it's really started to shoot up here um, almost to a fever pitch in terms of him as a player and that four-star rating. So likely a kid that is going to continue to get bigger and bigger offers. And, and Wisconsin is is one of those bigger, you know, higher tier programs uh, that's getting in the mix here. For for him as a player, six foot nine, 200 pounds, um, rated as the number 53 player and number 11 power forward in the 2024 class, um, ranking him as the third best player in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, on three right now, lists hometown Duquesne and Penn State as the early favorites. Of course, a player um, from Pittsburgh, Pitt, Penn State, likely going to be in the mix to the end. Um, but it sounds like Wisconsin, at least right now, I was getting themselves in the running as they try to figure out who they're going to go after in that 2024 class. But as a player, average 20 points, nine rebounds, six blocks of games, and shot 64% from the field. So I think that's a player that really it's kind of a head scratcher that he hasn't had some of these offers already when you look at his game very strong player can stretch the floor can knock down shots can score from all over the floor and also plays pretty well in the defensive end you know averaging nine rebounds a game is pretty impressive um, to go along with six blocks that means he's definitely making a big impact on the defensive end of the floor and would fit really nicely uh, for the Badgers as you know a defender and as a guy that can make shots with with his height so it's likely probably an uphill battle for Wisconsin. It does seem like he's a kid that would stay in state, but if the Badgers can can make um, you know make a run at him, it, there's still plenty of time uh, to really convince him. Hopefully, you know the next step is to get a player like him deeper into his recruitment, get an on-campus visit, and try and and shoot your shot from that way. But we can talk about in terms of basketball programs right now. The list that he's got of, of teams that programs are winning games at a high level. I mean, Penn State, not really a player in the Big Ten basketball scene. Pitt has struggled in the ACC and then a lot of other schools that are you know lower tier teams in their respective conferences. So Wisconsin, in terms of a pedigree of competitiveness, is certainly um, something that they can recruit and, and try and pitch for in that, uh, in that 2024 class. But again, a long time before he's making a decision. Seems like the Badgers are not quite in that early running favorite, but kind of the first next tier team to offer him. So we'll see if Wisconsin can make a run at him. All right, up next, another offer, um, the 2024 class, as well as Jesse McCullough out of Cleveland Lutheran East High School also received an offer from the Wisconsin Badgers. Another player, six foot nine, 200 pounds, um, isn't rated by any of the major recruiting sites, which is kind of interesting, but he has been very impressive in um, the AAU circuit, and he's got around 10 offers, including some bigger schools here as well in Butler, Michigan State, Missouri, Virginia Tech, and Xavier, as well as some mid-majors. Still far away in terms of a petition for or, uh, uh, decision for him, but another looks like a strong player. Couldn't find a ton of highlights and, and notes on him, but he's he's got a shooting stroke from, from the small clips that we've seen deep from three that should be consistent. Couldn't find a lot of, of numbers for him, but uh, he's a player that size, athleticism, potential, um, certainly looks to be a guy that could could be a solid player 
in uh, in that 2024 class right now. So quite a few offers overall in terms of what Wisconsin's got out there. Ten offers in total, with three of them being to power forward. So Wisconsin's certainly you know looking to get a player like and you know yeah, of that position in this 2024 class. It'll be interesting to see which ones they kind of end up, but. In terms of this one, he's, you know, uh, in, in terms of McCullough, Jesse McCullough, he mentioned in, in a couple other uh, Wisconsin outlets that, that he's in no rush to make a decision. He's a long ways away right now. So we'll see what the Badgers, um, you know, how they work into it again. Next, try to get deeper into his recruitment, try and get an official visit on the board uh, and see where they go from there. But certainly two good offers for Wisconsin, and hopefully these are guys that they can keep competitive on and, and possibly close on as they seem like pretty quality players in that 2024 class. All right, we'll now switch gears over to some football recruiting. Um, we, we talked about it last week. Unfortunately, some tough blows for the Badgers on the recruiting circuit as they lost out on two of their top players. Um, of course, one being uh, four-star linebacker Tackett Curtis, who committed to USC. Wisconsin, as I mentioned, top of the board guy. They really wanted to land, so now they've got to go back to the drawing board. And it seems like they've offered a player that they really like to fill kind of that same role in their class as throughout an offer to 2023 four-star linebacker Blake Nicholson out of California. Uh, a physical player, and, and really after you miss out on a player that you really highly rated, you, you can't sit around and, and wait and, and, and pout. You've got to go out and, and make some new offers. Um, and, and Nicholson is the next one for the Badgers, and, and he's got some schools in his top three. He did announce a top three of Florida State, Oregon, and UCLA, uh, but he's not making a decision anytime soon and is interested in learning more about Wisconsin. So the door is not completely closed, but certainly when a kid's already got a top three, you've, you've got a little bit of an uphill battle, but we've seen these things happen before where you know a new offer gets thrown in the mix and, and a player reevaluates his decision. And, and changes his mind. So we'll see if Wisconsin, who has a strong pedigree of developing you know, linebackers, can, can possibly make a run at Blake Nicholson. Um, the on three you know, uh, scouting report has him sounding like a pretty impressive player. Room to improve, but you know, you're going to have that with any high school player. Um, strong wingspan. Um, need to adjust to playing in space at the next level, but has more than enough speed and athleticism. Last season, he accounted for 49 tackles, 7 sacks, Three forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. So you look at him, a very solid player. If you watch the tape, he does have a nice little burst there. And I think you can see how he's a, a three to four star um, you know, linebacker prospect out of California. It seems like a player that um, is very talented, has all the things that Wisconsin would, would like and, and could likely develop. Um, but we'll see if they can close the gap. As I mentioned, whenever you have a top three it makes it a little bit more difficult, but it's good to get that. You got to have that offer in to make it even a competition, um, and, and the Badgers have done so. And we'll see if they can make a push to land a linebacker in this class because Tackett Curtis was a guy they really wanted, didn't end up getting him. You've got to go back to the drawing board, and if you feel like that's a position of need, you can't wait around. And, and a, a four-star like Blake Nicholson, well, maybe he wasn't your top of the board guy originally. It's not a knock on him. It's just. You know, this is a late offer for Wisconsin in terms of 2023 linebacker, a four-star kid like that. But maybe they can you know, make some ends, close the gap, and then we'll see if the Badgers could land a player like him. But certainly an interesting offer for that 2023 group. All right, as I mentioned, we'll go ahead and get into some media day, media day stuff. But before we do that, a couple quick notes. Um, some Wisconsin Badgers added to some watch lists. 
Braylon Ad Allen added to the Maxwell watch list. Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi added to the Dope Walker watch list. Joe Tipman added to, to the Remington watch list, which goes to the most outstanding lineman. Really none of those. Um, much of a surprise. I think seeing Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi both on there just shows how much respect people have for the Wisconsin ba ba you know, Badgers running back room. And hopefully they can you know, make a push for the Dope Walker Award because Wisconsin has had a ton of success with that award. Really nice, I think, to see Joe Tipman recognized uh, for the Remington watch list. He's a guy that's worked really hard in his career and, and now looks to be getting some recognition as one of the top linemen in, in the country, and rightfully so. I think he's very underrated. You know, Owen, and we've been doing our top five um, positions through across the Big Ten. He had Joe Tipman in there at number five in terms of offensive linemen in the conference, and I have to agree with him. I think he's a really good player. And I, I think in terms of guys that you're looking to make a big jump, Joe Tipman might be that one um, this year to go along with, uh, I think, what's going to be a really solid offensive line. But, of course, we'll get into all that with season previews. But nice to see him and Braylon Allen and Chesman Lucy all recognized for this preseason watchlist awards. Again, we've talked about it in, in years past. Does it mean all that much? Not really. Um, you know, watch lists are, are nice and, and an honor, but you've got to go prove it on the field and and end up winning the award in the end is all that really matters. So we'll see if any of those guys can uh, close that and, uh, and and win those respective awards. All right, we'll go ahead and get into some media day notes before we get into kind of what was discussed at media days. Of course, a new roster came out. One thing um, that jumped off the page was Jackson Aker. Um, formerly as a running back has now officially been moved to fullback on the roster, I must say. I think Matt and myself called that almost a year ago <laughs> when Jackson Aker was first getting onto campus. He looked like um, a guy with all the transitions that happened at the fullback position. He looked like a guy that was going to be moved to fullback. So really not all that surprising. And we were wondering maybe when that would happen. Um, and I think, I think it's a good fit. He's a big physical player. He can put on some weight and really be a guy that, that opens up some holes. And certainly I'm sure Jackson Aker was a guy that you know, he wanted to carry the ball. He wanted to be a focal running back type guy. But you've got Braylon Allen right now. You've got some solid players in that room. And I think Jackson, you know, you, you've got to, you know, moving to fullback is always something that, you know, I don't think anyone necessarily dreams of being a fullback. And that's not a knock on the position, but someone has to move and take over that position. And, it, and I think the pitch for a guy like Jackson Aker is, you know, hey, look at the strong pedigree of fullbacks that Wisconsin has put together and went on to successful next-level careers. So to make this move, open up some holes for some other running backs, get some carries as well, you know, it's a focal point of, of the Wisconsin offense that they use a lot. Uh, and if Jackson Aker can come in and be successful, that sets him up really well um, for his future. So good to see that Wisconsin has, has started to move some players to that position. Of course, last year there was a lot of moving parts at that spot. They needed someone to come in and, and kind of be that guy. It looks like Jackson Aker is going to be that one for them moving forward. Uh, another note in terms of the roster changes, freshman athlete Katie Iacomelli, who has came in and, and many people thought maybe he'd start on offense, as wide receiver, was he a running back, was he an athlete, was he a defensive back? It looks like he's going to start um, his time at the safety position. Um, he certainly could move back to the, to the offense side of the ball if they feel they need him, but they're going to start him at safety. And, and I think that makes uh, a ton of sense for him. Athletic kid, so figure out where you're going to need him first, where he, you think he's going to fit best, and, and we'll see how it works out. You, know, you saw that with Braylon Allen. They said, we're going to give him a try running back. Worked out pretty well. And I'm not saying Katie Iacomelli is going to come in and be an all-conference 
um, safety for Wisconsin off the jump. But it, you've got to trust your coaching staff to put players in the best position that they see fit. If it doesn't work out, he's athletic enough that they can move him back to that offensive side of the ball. Um, so it could be a running back, wide receiver in the future, but a guy that's going to start out at safety, which is, is good to see um, the future plans for him. Kind of reshapes how you look at that class, but again, nothing really set in stone in terms of, of that. Another interesting note, safety Titus Toller back on the roster after leaving the team last summer due to inju- injuries and some health issues. Great to see him back, especially when you consider the safety room right now. Not not thin, but certainly a group that could use some depth. And Titus Toller, while was a, a pretty highly rated recruit out of high school, um, certainly a guy that you, you think could give you a good amount of production at that uh, safety position, but coming back off a lot of injuries. And formerly a three-star kid, if he can back, gets back to kind of what people thought he was going to be, I think that gives that safety room a really nice added piece because we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Travion Blaylock likely out for the year with that ACL injury. You've got Wohler, you've got Torchio, you've got Kamoyla too now in there in that safety room, but that, that room is a little thin and you're going to need somebody to really give you some depth there. And I think a guy like Titus Toller, while I, I don't know what to expect from him, but of course a guy that, you know, as I mentioned, coming off a ton of injuries and health concerns last summer, what can you really expect for him to give you off the jump? It's hard to know right now, but it's nice to know that, hey, there's another body in that room that they can work towards. And also, just for his sake, it's great to see him back on the roster after you know being a, a really a guy that people were excited about as a prospect to go through what he went through in terms of injuries and, and possibly you know, not, you know, not being on the roster to now coming back and hopefully participating fully in, in fall camp and being a guy that who knows what he'll give you, but he's in practice, he's on the team. That's all great to see for, for a guy like him. And, and hopefully he brings what, what a lot of people think he can bring in his game to that safety room. So that's really a, a huge situation for the Badgers, picking up almost another, you know, that's another recruit that you almost get back, another player that you get back to that room, um, which is really nice to see. The other notable thing from the roster, other than there's some weight changes, some height changes, things like that. Um, Isaac Ham not listed on the roster. Of course, four-star defensive end out of Sun Prairie, part of this latest class. There's kind of been rumblings of this for a good while now, if, if you're around the Wisconsin football circuit, um, of him possibly not being on the team. Um, he is taking classes, but is not currently enrolled at Wisconsin. From the sounds of it, he's taking classes at MATC, trying to finish some things up. So we'll see what that situation is. Like I said, this has kind of been you know, in the... <laughs> Underworld of Wisconsin football, you know, talked about that he wasn't going to be on the team due to possibly some academic um, things that have popped up. So hopefully for him, he can get whatever's going on cleared up and get back to the roster. Paul Chris didn't really know too much of it, um, but certainly one that not a surprise if you knew that the situation was kind of going on and there were rumblings of this already that he wasn't on there. But you're talking about a four-star kid that a lot of people were very excited about, one of the top in-state talents. Um, in the state of Wisconsin, that was uh, that's, that's certainly a note that you want to see. Uh, you, you want to see him back, not only for his sake. Again, you want to see a player that you recruited and, and put a lot of time in, um, and, and cl- clearly care about on the team and, and being his best self. Um, you also want to make sure that uh, you, know, you, you know when you got a four star, 
defensive end um, that, that you expect to be a part of the team, you want to make sure you're doing everything to get him part of the team because he's clearly a very talented player and you don't want to see anything um, holding him back. So situation to keep an eye on. Again, not a huge surprise, um, but certainly something to make note of. All right, some other news and notes from the roster, some weight gains, some weight losses, things like that, some jersey numbers. If you're a real sicko that really cares too much about that. Um, in terms of weight gain, Jackson Aker gained 6 pounds, 238 pounds. Tanner Bordellini gained 7 pounds to get to 313. Tommy Bruner gained 7 pounds. You know, you're looking at guys that uh, CJ Getz gained 8 pounds to get to 240. Outside linebacker position, maybe a little bit more physical, getting a little more weight on there, which is nice to see. Uh, Jack Nelson gained 7 pounds to get to 310. Anytime you're you know, bulking up, that uh, that offensive line room is, is really nice to see. Aiden, Aiden Vaughn, inside linebacker, gained 6 pounds to get to 213. And then you've got some guys that have cut down some weight. Most notably, uh, Cole Dakovich of the tight end room lost 10 pounds to get to 250 pounds. Of course, a very big tight end, physical guy, trying to get maybe a little lighter, a little quicker to give you something in that tight end room moving forward. Uh, Deacon Hill also lost 11 pounds to get to 251 pounds, so him getting a little trimmer um, as a, a very big quarterback is nice to see. But other than that, that's really about all that stood out in terms of the new roster. Uh, the big thing, um, another thing that we hadn't talked about in previous episodes that came out before the roster um, was offensive lineman Cormac Sampson, who left the program. Um, he is going to pursuing a career in education and coaching. Um, it's really kind of an interesting one when you look at he was a player that was really versatile on the offensive line. You could play multiple positions. You thought he was going to be a guy that came in and you know he played at center, he played at guard. He ended up as a, a blocking tight end, changing jersey numbers at a while. And, and, and most recently, he started at center for Wisconsin um, in the bowl win over Arizona State. So this is, of course, he was filling in for Joe Tipman, but he was a guy that you felt really good coming into this year as possible a swing and some depth guy. Um, but of course now... Wisconsin, and certainly they've got the depth there to fill that swing role or just go with another guy at that offensive line. But anytime you've seen a guy leaving the program that really had an exciting career and, and, and exciting potential, it's tough to see. But um, certainly we wish Cormac Sampson the best of luck as he moves on to his future, looking to get into career, um, you know, other than sports in, in terms of education and coaching. I'm sure he'd be a guy that would fit that role incredibly well. All right, let's go ahead and get into some other media day uh, discussions. Of course, as I mentioned, Paul Chris, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, and Graham Mertz all down in Indianapolis and had multiple media appearances. We'll talk about anything that stood out from that. But before we do that, I've got to talk to you guys about homefieldapparel.com. In case you missed it, they have their big new Saturday season four currently going on. Their most their newest school upcoming is Youngstown State University. And I think this is a really cool one because when you talk about home field apparel, what was always cool to me when they first started getting going was that they did schools that were off the wall a little bit. And certainly they've grown into having bigger schools, you know, Power Five schools, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, you know, Oklahoma, all sorts of big schools that are, are certainly cool collections of their own right. But I think what really stood out to me when home field first got going was that they did schools that were off the wall, a little bit different, you know, not not traditional schools. And last year in the big new Saturday, you saw Montana, Montana, Montana State, 
So they always do a good job of not forgetting about the little guy. And I think this Youngstown State one, not only cool to see another school kind of off the wall, but when you look at Youngstown State, the Penguins, I think they're going to have a, a great collection that will probably knock it out of the park. Um, so make sure to go over and check that out. Get yourself a cool, unique Youngstown State shirt and sign up for Big News Saturday Season 4. You can be a part of um, the rest of the collection as well as this one. Uh, pick up a Penguin shirt. Go out and shop their Wisconsin collection. Get yourself some new gear as we get closer and closer to college football season. Check them out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, we'll get into media days now. Up first, Coach Chris took the stage at Indianapolis um, in Lucas Oil Stadium, where they'll hopefully be here in the future as the Big Ten West champion. But before we get to that, we've got to talk about where things kind of started, um, and that's media days and what it's all about. In his discussion, if you've listened to Paul Chris talk in any way, shape, or form, it's a lot of coach speak. He's not necessarily the most strong public speaker. That's not a knock on him. I just don't think he really likes to do it and likes to just kind of be by himself and, and talk to the people he knows, but getting up on a stage, there's sometimes where it's just a lot of appreciation for a lot of different things. Um, he talked about Mertz. His, his appreciation for his leadership was one of the first things he knocked, uh, which kind of gave me a chuckle. Um, also was asked about hiring Bobby Ingram, what it means for the offense. A lot of excitement there. Um, it's clear that Paul Chris really likes Bobby Ingram, what he's going to bring to this group. He mentioned that Ingram had a really strong outreach to you know, work with a lot of different players, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but you know, is, is very vocal and always coaching up players, even on, on the defensive side of the ball. So it sounds like a lot of excitement around Bobby Ingram. He also was very excited about the defense, and, and rightfully so. You know, A lot of talk about Wisconsin by the national media is, oh my gosh, when you look at Wisconsin, only three returning starters, Nick Herbig, um, and Keanu Benton, the two you know, main pieces that you look for. But around the rest of the defense, these are all you know, kind of unknown commodities. And, and rightfully so, if you don't know the names, you don't know the progression that some of these guys have made in their career, and, and you're just a national media outlet, you think, oh my gosh, this is Wisconsin's defense going to have that fall off. But he seemed very excited, not only for his defense as a whole, but to see some of these new players that people aren't super familiar with getting their opportunity to prove that they can play at the college football level. Uh, I, I think his excitement for the defense was something that, that really, really stood out to me. And of course, he's an offensive guy and, and focused on there, but to see him you know, amped up for a defense that is relatively unknown in the big picture, um, it was, was nice to see. I think this defense will be just as good um, as it has been over the last couple of years. You know, there's certain positions that you worry about a little bit, but... Um, I trust that Jim Leonard and, and this defensive staff have got these guys ready to go, and this defense will be as solid as always. And, and that was kind of the same message that Paul Chris put along on there. He also mentioned in terms of both sides of the ball, um, he likes a lot of the groups as a whole, as, as a position groups, but he couldn't necessarily tell you who the starters will be at this point in time. So there's really two ways I, I think you could take that. A, you take it as, as a little bit concerning. You know, you don't know who the starters are going to be, but I think in, the right way to take it is, is option B in that it's going to create some real competition at a lot of different positions and that the best player will win out that opportunity. Um, and, and the group as a whole has a lot of depth. You look at it, there's positions all over the place where I, I can certainly agree with that sentiment that he put forward. And you look at the cornerback room, you know, three transfers, plenty of guys that you've recruited, Who's going to win out? It's likely, you know, Jay Shaw and, and Cedric Dort and, and those guys. But, you know, 
there's competition at that room. Linebacker at the inside spot. You've got two really, really good inside linebackers that you've got to replace. A lot of tackles. A whole host of guys that can take it over. The best man's likely going to win in those two spots. You've got to replace a guy like Matt Henningsen. Defensive end is a little bit competitive. Wide receiver. You know, names that, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you pay attention to Wisconsin football, you know the names of Shimmeray DK and Skylar Bell and Marcus Allen and other guys, but going to be competition there as well. Keontes Lewis, the transfer from UCLA. You know, there's going to be plenty of guys um, competing for spots, and who's going to be the starter right now is unknown, but I don't think that's necessarily a, a concern at this point in time. I think it more so it's just, you know, that's going to breed competition, and, you know, who's your offensive line going to be? You know Joe Tipman, you know Jack Nelson, but there's going to be other spots that are incredibly competitive um, on that offensive line as well. So I'm excited to see the competition. There's not as many starters pegged in stone. You know, last year it was there's plenty of starters across both sides of the ball. This is your guy going into the season. Not necessarily the case this year, but I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing um, for Wisconsin football as they try to work it out. They need to have a good camp. They're going to have you know plenty of competition. It should be a fun one to watch moving forward there. Another thing he talked about and was asked about was uh, NIL. Um, and in terms, he you know I, I think it's nice to see that Wisconsin and Paul Chris are, are starting to embrace the NIL. Not that they hadn't before, but it's certainly something that was new and maybe they were behind the curve a little bit in some of those changes. But he did also mention some concerns about it, you know, concerns with time management concerns with you know outside people and, and, and factors, trying to take advantage of kids in certain situations. But overall, he seemed to really start to embrace um, the NIL side of, of college football. And that's really raised the stakes of the game. And I think when you look at, there were certainly coaches that were vehemently you know kind of against or concerned with the way the college football is going. Kirk Ferentz, you mentioned he's concerned with the path of college football. And, and really that's not all that surprising, but NIL, I think, is here to stay. There might be some some rules and, and regulations put in at some point, but right now, you know, the the coaches that are embracing it and, and wanting it for their players, for the right reasons, are are going to have an advantage in that recruiting side. Because if you know you're you, you've got a situation where you're against NIL or you're concerned about it, and you make that visibly known, I, I think as a recruit that can really hamper you in a lot of different ways. Um, not a huge surprise that Kirk Ferentz is a guy that is, is so ultimately concerned with that, just kind of how he comes off. But uh, it was nice to see that Paul Chris kind of spoke about NIL and, and all the changes that you've had and rightfully has some concerns with it, but also seems to be very much embracing it and, want, and wanting what's best for his players. He, you know, he talked about it. You're, it's almost like a protective parent. You want to make sure that they're doing the things that they need to do to, to make sure they're having success on the field, but you also don't want you know outside businesses and factors uh, you know, taking advantage of kids in, in that position. So I can certainly see what, what he means by that protective kind of parent role and how that affects NIL. But it was good to see him nice, you know, talk about it and kind of embrace it as we're getting into, you know, year two of that entire situation. Other than that, Paul Chris, not, like I said, not a man of many words, um, you know, excitement about the offense. I, I will say the other thing um, about the offense didn't necessarily beat around the bush, but there was a couple questions. I think maybe hinting towards what's going to be the role of Bobby Ingram, who's calling the plays. Um, and I don't want to say he avoided the question, but he didn't necessarily get into depth. And, and it, he, you know, it might just be a situation where he doesn't quite know yet, which 
I would think that's probably been hashed out behind the scenes, but not letting anything on. Um, and we'll see how that all kind of unfolds as we move forward here. And to kind of switch gears to the player side of thing, you know, you had Graham Mertz, Keanu Benton, and Nick Herbig, who spoke on the Big, Net, Big Ten Network. They also had some outside interviews, but for the most part, um, anything big that was taken from you know those three was that uh, you know Nick Herbig was asked you know what the offense in terms of changes kind of looked like from him on the defensive perspective, and he said that you know it usually in practice the, the defensive side of the ball kind of dominates. And if you've been to Wisconsin football practice, I've been to multiple, and and that is kind of the sentiment that you get is that you know especially early you know the defense is just reading and reacting versus the offense is trying to run stuff so. That can be a situation, but it, it was kind of funny that Herbick was, was just kind of being brutally honest, saying that the defense dominated. But there has been practices that I've been to where the offense had a bad day and the defense was just flying around. I know Jim Leonard does not let up in practice. He wants to test the offense just as much as he wants to test his defense. So he said this spring was different. You know, This new offense that Wisconsin's implementing, whether it be Bobby Ingram's or Paul Chris and just making some tinkerings to Paul Chris's offense, which is likely the case, um, a new set of eyes kind of changed some things. It said, you know, Graham Mertz had mentioned that they're attacking more of the field. Keanu Benton mentioned that, that it seems like the offense is a little bit more balanced and in, in trying to use all parts of their game and, and not just be a turn and hand it off and then, you know, throw a, a short pass, trying to attack the deep ball, trying to attack, you know, the, the short routes, but also the five to 10 yard route, the 15, you know, trying to implement where the whole field of the defense has to be on their toes, which we talked about last year, the offense has been a little stale and it needs to be something that's you know modernized and cleaned up. And to hear those rumblings, and again, it's not coach speak because it's coming from players, which is nice, but just to hear that things are different and, and the offense is looking different and it's kept what's a very good Wisconsin defense a little bit on their toes and there was times where the offense kind of kind of had them, um, had their day, is, is nice to hear. So we'll see how that shakes out moving forward. Last but not least, in terms of what was kind of a takeaway from those three, um, was Graham Mertz was asked about the criticism over the course of his career. You know, whether it be fairly unfairly, he's had a lot of, of naysayers. He's a lot of, had a lot of people that have sported through thick and thin. And he just said mentally, you know, he's great, ready to roll, and he, he's learned a lot about himself this off season in terms of getting prepared, learning how he processes information, and, and he's he seemed hungry to get out there and, and start playing some football. He also talked about his wide receiver room, said that while you know, some of these names may not be known to, to a lot of different people, but they, he, he feels really good about the group that they've got and, and that they're hungry. He, he said, quote unquote, we've got some dogs in that room. So <laughs> we'll see um, you know, how that all kind of shakes out with that Wisconsin offensive uh, or receiver room. But it sounds like the, the offense is ready to, to change things up and improve that this, this past year. Well, they had a ton of success running the ball, that they can be a balanced group that can throw the ball as well. And then, you know, when they need to turn it off, turn and hand it off to Braylon Allen, which is probably um, the best course of action as he moved forward. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed kind of catching up on all things from Big Ten Media Days. It was a fun couple of days if you were able to watch some of it. A lot of coach speak from the other coaches. Um, nothing huge stood out. Kevin Warren, of course, talked about Big Ten expansion and playoff expansion. Money, money, money. Who cares? Let's talk about uh, real football. Let's talk about you know 
second string cornerbacks and how their impact's going to be this fall. I'm tired of talking about college football expansion with the football season so close. It's time to talk about real live football. So as always, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with you next week on Wisconsin.